Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, back to Sunday Morning Slants. It's the best way to start your NFL Sunday. Make sure you are following us on all social media platforms. And once again, reiterating that on Twitter at 100 followers, we are doing a Joe Burrow LSU jersey giveaway. So make sure you follow us and follow the giveaway instructions on our pinned tweet. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Slants, everyone. My name is Matt Watson, and we have a full crew. How is it going, guys? Yeah, it's going. Uh, pretty good. All right. And so we are back to talk that about a few different things in the world of the NFL. But to kick things off, we are going to be starting with Monday Night Football. And I am going to save myself for last because this could go about an hour and a half. Um, I will start with Luke tonight. Luke, Monday Night Football, just give me some of your overall thoughts. Um, really not a fan of how the Broncos are not using Javante Williams and how much they are using Melvin Gordon based on um, – like, yeah, I get he's going to be the guy you bring in towards the goal line. But even then, like, we know who Melvin Gordon is. He's a fumble machine, even though Javante also fumbled inside the two-yard line. Big rips. But um, Javante is that guy. And Broncos, if they want to win games, they're going to need to just continue using him more often than they're, they're, they are now. All right. Ethan, uh, what were your some of your thoughts with Monday Night Football? Um, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of this game. Um, I mean, I don't think that it's like the end of the world. I, I, my opinion of Seattle remains pretty much unchanged. They may like, maybe they will be a little like feistier than I thought they were going to be, but like, I still don't think they're going to win more than like four or five games max this year. Um, the Broncos, I mean, I guess it's not like confidence booster. They didn't look great, but um, give it time. New head coach, rookie head coach, new quarterback. There's a lot of new going on. So I would not, I would give it like a month before I even start to really hit the panic button at least. All right, Mason, what about you? I mean, this was just a really ugly and unsettling game to watch uh, on the Broncos side of the ball. I mean, I took this personally because obviously my first Monday night segment was ruined horribly. And I thought that was like the one given this year. So we're going to find out uh, how that goes. But I mean, listen, I had it as an absolute lock. And I think it's just a case of like the Broncos didn't give Russell Wilson the ball at all during the preseason. And we saw this all over the NFL this week where games started flipping ways that we wouldn't expect. And I mean, Geno Smith probably got like 
80% of the reps this offseason, uh, like battling it out with Drew Locke for the, the starting position. So I think it's just a situation where, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett comes out, doesn't coach a good game. I saw I saw Peyton Manning try and call about 100 timeouts <laughs> on the ESPN uh, cast. So, listen, they should have won that game, even at the end when they didn't deserve it. The fumble's got to be cleaned up. But I think the Broncos would be fine moving into the future. It's just just a tough loss and I mean I talked about it like the one thing Seattle had going for him was like it's Monday night it's our house it's the first game of the season and I think they wrote off that played gritty and and they came out with the win somehow all right Pat what are your thoughts um you know well I hate to be an overreactor but I think Juno Smith is is the real deal for sure um honestly six years too late yeah you know (laughs) Juno Smith's to go but um you know I think it's just the story of the Denver Broncos not not being able to get it done in the in the red zone like when you look at the kicks you know i'm looking at the log right now brandon mcgann is 30 yard field goal right brandon mcgann is 40 yard field goal and 26 yard field goal i mean that's just the story of not being able to get it done done inside the sticks so um you know if they can work on maybe be more aggressive you know go for it on fourth down you know the fact that you don't give it to russell wilson for fourth and six at the end of the game i love kickers don't know that brandon mcmanus was going to nail like what a 64 yarder to end that game or something like that bad clock management they're just not thinking um i think another part of the game that we're not talking about enough too is is uh the defensive end you know denver's defense i mean while they did hold geno smith to only 195 yards passing you know he completed 23 for 28 so you're not having many pass breakups not many misses i mean his percentage was i can't even do that math but really darn good um and then they only had three tackles for losses on the whole game uh whereas seattle had like a ton probably like seven or eight so you know on the defensive end of the game you know ron darby's doing everything he can out there to give the game to seattle and uh you know but i, I really did like like all jokes aside i really did like what we saw at Juno smith and i thought that he kept his composure really well i thought that he went out there and he didn't listen to any of the noise you know um and I just thought he played a really clean game of football. So I'm I'm a fan of Judah Smith. I'm gonna be looking out for him in the future. Um, and I'm looking for Russ to to knock some of the dust off, you know. All right. Well, before I begin, one thing I do want to say is that if there had to be any positive takeaway for me following this game, <laughs> was that is it's nice to see a good guy like Geno Smith get a win. It, that was nice to see. But holy shit. That was the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced. That was that was torture. That is like a, the equivalent of Ethan having to maybe sit through the SAT for losing fantasy last year because <laughs> that was awful. I'm watching this game, and I was so excited. Like, I was so excited. And I knew it was going to be a close game for the most part. I didn't think it would necessarily be a blowout, especially in the beginning. But holy shit, that was like the worst coach football team I've ever watched. And I watched those bra- the, like the winless Browns teams. Like that was that was awful. I mean, the Broncos had 106 penalty yards and 11 flags thrown th- during the course of the game. In so many key situations, there'd be a false start. Uh, guys wouldn't be lined up on the line of scrimmage correctly. Like stuff that you fix in preseason, which is why I've been harping on. Guys need to play in the preseason. I'm so tired of this act where everybody's like, well, we need to stay healthy. For what? If you show up week one and you don't know what you're doing, what's the point of even being healthy? Like, what's the difference? You could tell that Geno Smith played all throughout preseason and was very comfortable in what he was doing. And you could tell that the Broncos guys weren't as comfortable with Russell Wilson. And, I mean, he was calling audibles. And, like, I 
oftentimes saw the wide receiver at the very end of the field. Like I can remember off the top of my head, Jerry Judy is standing there like, what the hell is going on? Because nobody has relayed him the audible information and the Seahawks fans brought it, which them booing Russ, I mean, was expected, but Holy shit. They're painting this guy out to be like a villain. The dude Loser delivered. Move. Huh? Loser move. The guy brought them a Super Bowl title in relevancy for a decade. And that's how you're going to treat him. Like, fuck you. Like, what are the Seahawks going to have in the next 10 years? Nothing, because what, I mean, honestly, what are they going to have? Smith. <laughs> and I wish them the best of luck. because They'll have this game, and that's it. That's it. Like, And in 10 years or whatever, when the, t- the Super Bowl team gets together for the anniversary and Russ isn't there, they're all going to bitch about Russ not showing up. Well, newsflash, you just booed the greatest quarterback in your franchise's history out the building. But some of the numbers don't I wanted to don't diss uh, Matt Hasselbeck like that. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, some of the <laughs> things I wanted to go over <laughs> in this game was that Russ threw for 340 yards in this game and just the one touchdown. Um, Gino did throw for 195 with two touchdowns and was 23 of 28. But in the second half of that game, the Seahawks only gained 34 total yards of offense. The Broncos completely shut them down in the second half. And all they had to do was not suck and put up any sort of points, and they would have won the game. Like, the defense had the game under lock. Javante Williams fumbling on the goal line. Melvin Gordon fumbling on the goal line. Corlin Sutton had a, um, a penalty that killed their drive. Jerry Judy with a drop on that final drive of the game. Uh, Eric Tomlinson with a drop TD. Eric Saubert with a out-of-bounds catch. That would have been a touchdown if he got his toe in. Just so many times they shot themselves in the foot. And they deserved to lose the game. In no regard did they deserve to win that game. They should have still won. I cannot believe that Nathaniel Hackett decided that a kicking a 64-yard field goal was better than giving Russell Wilson a chance to gain five yards. And you know what? Had Russ not gotten it, oh, well, you know what? You gave your quarterback a chance. But Brandon McManus, who I think is a really good kicker, like you can't put him in that situation. And he nearly nailed the kick. If we're being completely honest, he nearly nailed it. Had it been 59, 60 yards, it probably goes in. But he's asking for the impossible, and that was as rough as a game I've, I've ever watched. Uh, yeah, I agree with this last part. Like, you're paying Russ how much money to just 250 million? Yeah, to not get you this win right here. Like, yeah, like you said, so what if he doesn't get it? Like, at least he's going to be able to try, at least he's going to be able to do something. Like, you have a top 10 running back, you have a top five receiving core, and you got a quarterback who can run. Like, he's, he's not, he's not a, a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback who can run. And that is a lot in this NFL. And um, especially because there's not many, like, I guess you would say, like, stars on the Seahawks defense. And then, yeah, you know, Brennan McManus, maybe if he's, like, mid-season form, able to hit that. But have you seen the kickers this this past weekend? Everyone and their mother was missing. Colts even, they, they, they cut uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. Like, yeah, and there's only been the Lego, two kicks. Man. From 64 or further that have gone in in the history of the NFL. One was Matt Prater at 64 yards in mile high. And the other was Justin Tucker last year in Detroit for 66 yards. And Justin Tucker is the greatest kicker of all time. So, like, obviously you expect something out of him like that. But the chances that kick going in were so slim. And the fact, like, like I said, the fact that he almost made it, I give him mad props for. But he should have never been asked to kick the ball in that situation. At 40 seconds, they should have called a timeout. Went over a play, gotten set. If they didn't like it, call another one. You sell it all your timeouts, which Nathaniel Hackett calling timeouts after the Seahawks were taking a knee was Bush League. 
and that was absolutely like a disgrace. <laughs> and I was, was I was awful. so embarrassed by him doing that. I was already embarrassed enough, but the fact that he was calling the timeouts like a petty high school coach, that was just not that was not a good look. And he, well, I've he's put himself in the doghouse with me. I have a quick story about that. So I was actually in the car, like listening to it on the radio, and I thought that like. In my head, I was like, oh, the game's not over. They have, like, three timeouts, so they can get the ball back with, like, five seconds or something like that, maybe. And then after – it was, like, the Westwood uh, – whatever. So, what's his name? Like, Kevin Harlan, Kevin and, Harlan yeah. and Kurt Warner were on there. And then they're like, oh, after, after the second timeout, and they're like, all right, and that's the ball game. And I was like, what? I thought there was, like, one more timeout. And they said, I was like, that is terrible. What are you even doing? Like yeah. with that, just and another thing, he fumbles it when he takes an A. <laughs> Miracle thing, that wherever they played. One thing that I want to also say is, you said Justin Tucker got that sixty-six yard field goal in Mile High. No, uh, Tucker uh, got his in Detroit. That's, that's which is a dome. High. Matt Prater yeah. got his at Mile High at sixty-four. That's at yeah. Mile High. That, that, also, Mile High is five thousand more uh, feet above sea level than seattle is so like there's a big difference there but you're still not going to ask brandon mcmanus to sit here and kick that field goal like any competent coach would still say no even if it wasn't my lot i i honestly think it's like sorry pat i'll let you go i'll let you go sorry i was saying the justin tucker one that one also barely went in it was like it was 66 yards but it literally hit the front of the post so it was kind of short and then it bounced 65 and a half yeah, sixty-five and a half. So technically, like it counts, but like if you watch it, it's a little—I don't know—really quite. I wouldn't call it quite sixty-six. Right. Like I'm not like lining back up there to kick another one, but like no. he still made it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's one of those situations though, where there's like it's like a lose-lose because if you're gonna if you're hack it, like okay, you either take the super long field goal. Which fun fact: Brandon McManus actually has a better long field goal uh, make percentage at away games than he does in Denver, which is crazy because of the mile high, uh, which Luke just explained to us why it's called mile high. Um, so he has a better make percentage on the road. So, I mean, that's, that's a decent kick to put him in for, but like, it's one of those situations where let's say that you keep the offense out there and they go for that fourth and six, the guys on Twitter are still going to be talking about how you shouldn't have gone for the fourth and the six and you should have given your kicker a chance. Like, they're going to talk about Brandon McManus's higher percentage when he's not at home. Like they're going to talk about all these. I don't know anybody's doing that. I, I completely disagree with that. No, I, but I think I think we would be sitting here talking about the same decision from Hackett if he decided to go for it on fourth and six. I'm just saying. I think. I I honestly think that if they went for it and they didn't get across the line there, Matt is still as mad as he was in the. Group I mean, chat. of course, I'd still be yeah, upset because we lost. But like. At that point, it's not the conversation isn't Nathaniel Hackett blowing the decision. It's Nathaniel Hackett entrusting his $250 million quarterback who didn't get it done. Then it falls on Russ, who's been in that situation before and is expected to deliver. So that I mean, not only does it take the heat off him, but he also came out the next day or Tuesday and said, Yeah, looking back, I probably should have went for it. So like even like he's not even like happy with his own decision, which at the end of the day, they should have never have put themselves in this position. They should have scored when on the goal line twice. But like, I mean, how many games have I like, I don't know how many games I've ever watched where I've seen two fumbles on the one yard line. 
like the chances of that happening are probably so slim, but that's Denver Bronco football for you. But I don't know. At the end of the day, we should have beaten the brakes off the Seahawks and we didn't. So that's, it's not a good start to a team that I was expecting to make the playoffs. Still think they can, but they got to steal a game later in the, in the schedule because that was a, that was a shoe and win. Russ might be the worst golden goal player <laughs> in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I was going to say the same exact thing. I think it might be a Russ problem. Well, did you see the tweets? People were like, oh, so that's why he didn't hand the ball off to Marshawn. Yeah, it, was, it was brutal. <laughs> like, this poor guy can drive 99 yards down the field. He gets to the one, and he's like, well, shit. I mean, like, that's the thing is they were they were driving the whole game. Like, the whole time, like, they got this. Like, it just felt like the whole time they had the momentum – and they just could never put it in. Which is why people blaming Russ for the loss have been lost. Because, yeah, he wasn't as sharp as he normally is, but it's also week one. But the fact that he delivered them down the field so many times and they still couldn't score. Like, at the very least, if they had kicked field goals in that situation, they win the game. Like, McManus yeah. makes those shots. And at the very least, he makes one of the two. So they should have won that game. It's not on Russ. It's truly on everybody else. Really poor coaching. But... That is the first Monday night football of the season. And so before we move on to Thursday night football, which is coming out tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, it'll probably be today. uh, We're going to slide over to Pat's picks. Pat coming off a $650 win this past weekend. Let's see if he could top that tonight. Oh, oh boy. I, you know, when I won that, I thought I might never sports gamble again. And then I, instantly place down money again um so yeah i almost you know what i almost hit just the one for 50 on um on the broncos game the other night until the broncos blew it uh and if they need to stop rushing with melvin gordon uh is all i have to say but um i have some pretty crazy ones for you this week i i'm hoping that you know i think the eagles ones that i play are way easier for me to put down because i've watched the eagles for so long and i like have a grasp so i'm kind of Grassman at Charles here with this two charges one, but we'll see. Okay. So um, this first parlay is my safe bet. This is the safe bet for the week. Um, I've got Chiefs money line. I mean, they scored like 40 in their last one. Chargers barely beat the Raiders and uh, Derek Carr threw like three picks, which was crazy. Um, so I got the Chiefs money line. Should be, should be a lock. Um, there is still that early win bet that you can place down. It's not great odds. If you place it on the Chiefs, $1 wins 150 But if you want to toss down a bunch of money, for a near guaranteed win, you know, go for it. That's the that's the the uh, seven point lead at any point in the game on the money line. Um, then I've got a Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, touchdown anytime touchdown score on that parlay as well. Um, he's a goal line threat. He caught two touchdown uh, receptions the other day, so uh, they should be looking for him on the goal line. Uh, Austin Eckler anytime touchdown. You know, he's going to be one of the number one targets. I think they're going to look to get him a little bit more involved. Chiefs gave up 100 rushing yards the other night, or charged, but yeah, Chiefs gave up 100 rushing yards the other night. So look for Eckler to get in. Um, plus, with Keenan Allen, looks like he's going to be out. So Eckler's going to take more priority there. Um, I've got Mahomes over 249 and a half passing. He threw for over 300, I believe, in the last game. Um, and the, uh, the Chargers, like I said, gave up a bunch to Derek Carr, even though he threw three picks. So I'm seeing the same thing out of Mahomes. Um, Edwards Alaire over 29 and a half rushing. Like I said, um, I mean, the Chargers gave up at least, I think they gave up 58 last week um, to the Raiders. And I think that Clyde Edwards Alaire is, is a better running back than what they got. Uh, I almost said in Oakland and in, in Las Vegas. Um, and then I have Austin Eckler over 39 and a half rushing. Um, 
again, Chiefs gave up 100 last week. So uh, that's plus 750 odds. There is an odds boost again this week for each leg that you put on. So with with three legs over, it should be a 30% boost, which is probably like plus 1,000 at that point or something, or like plus 950. Um, but without the boost, five wins, 4250. So that's my safe bet. Um, I think all of those have a chance of hitting. And then we'll move on to the crazy bet because I always have one. Um, <laughs> I've got Chiefs money line again. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, touchdown. That's the same uh, as last time. Mahomes over 249 and a half passing. That's the same as last time. Eckler and Clyde Edwards, Alaire, same rushing overs as last time. The only thing is I'm really adding to this parlay to make it crazy is a Mike Williams touchdown. Like I said, I believe Keenan Allen's going to be out for the game. Um, so Mike Williams is going to be the number one receiving threat. For the Chargers, I see them getting at least one passing touchdown. I hate betting passing touchdowns because I feel like a running back touchdown is way more likely. Um, but we're going to toss that in there for Mike Williams. I think he's due. Um, and then, honestly, when you throw that in, oh, and then I have a, a Justin Herbert under under 324 and a half passing yards. I don't see the Chiefs giving up that many passing yards to Justin Herbert. Um, he only threw for, I think it was – I almost feel like it was 193 last week, but I think that I'm thinking of Geno Smith's 279. stats. 279. Okay, there you go. So I think 324 and a half is a pretty solid bet to make against uh, the Chiefs, who I think are going to be fairly dominant in this game. Um, that's kind of like a safe. I went with like way up on the scale so that we didn't risk it, uh, but I felt like he should still go under. Um, and then if you want, so that is plus 2850 odds with the boost. Five wins, 147.50. Um, then if you want to get real crazy, which I did, you can add in an Eckler TD like we had in the other one. Um, an Eckler TD increases the odds to plus 6,600, five wins, 335 with the Eckler TD. And then if you want to get even crazier, which I did, uh, you add in a McCole Hardman touchdown. Okay, so now you get four anytime touchdowns. I got good luck with four anytime touchdowns. Uh, $5 wins $1,355. I'm looking at you, Josh Rosa. Uh, that's plus 27,000 with the boost. So if you want to get a little bit insane with a nine-legger, that's your nine-legger to bet. Um, anyhow, uh, I, just as a as a perspective, I love betting overs on yards. I hate to root against the guy to get yards. Um, and it's been pretty consistent so far. But if I take the over on yards, I usually take the lowest one I could take just to be safe. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, but it's a pretty good policy from what I've seen so far, um, unless you're the Denver Broncos who have apparently two RB1s on their team that they love to split carries with. So uh, those are my picks for this week. Personally, I put it on – I put – 
I put a dollar on the crazy, crazy one to win like 270 or something like that. And then I put a couple bucks on the safer one to win like 17 or to win like okay. 80 bucks or something like that. So that's that. That's past picks for this week. I have another one okay. for you for Sunday for the Eagles. Go birds. I I, I like it. Uh, one thing I have a big quarrel with, not a big Clyde Edwards Lair guy, especially because he only got seven carries. He got out carried by Rutgers alumni and uh Vineland alumni, uh Isaiah Pacheco by he had 12 carries and uh 20 more yards in Clyde, as well as a rushing touchdown. Yes, but well, the Chiefs were also up 39 points, so Pacheco <laughs> got the feast at the end of the game there. So a little bit there, there's a little reasoning for why Pacheco got those, which was still cool to see. But you um put it on Pacheco. He's got or Pacheco, he's got plus seven hundred odds for an anytime touchdown scores. Yeah, maybe don't do that league. one. <laughs> but all right, uh, so speaking of the Chiefs and Chargers, we're going to move into a preview for Thursday Night Football, the first ever game on Amazon Prime exclusively with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet having the call. Get excited, everybody. Yeah, so another new broadcast duo going at it. Um, it was very weird hearing some of the different combinations we have now, as well as Buck and Aikman on Monday night. But new combination um, and our first look at Amazon Prime's hosting of Thursday Night Football. Got a great game, Chiefs-Chargers. Uh, I'll start with Mason on this one. What are some of the things you were looking forward to in this game? Literally have no idea. Hopefully it's exciting. I mean, it should be when these teams meet and you have two uh, big name quarterbacks such as Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. This game is, it looks like in Kansas city. So uh, let's go for a big chiefs W. Um, Yeah. I don't really know what else much to expect, honestly. Uh, usually these games are just exciting, honestly. Big division matchup at Thursday night. All right, Ethan, I'm going to go to you here, the resident Chargers homer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What I, are you expecting here? As we all know. As we all know, I'm about, like, a half a Chargers fan. So, uh, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like these games are never boring. Especially the Chiefs and the Chargers. I feel like their games are always weird. Whether, like, it was a couple years ago. Um, when Mike Williams had that touchdown with like no time left on the clock and the Chargers won the game or when Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung and Justin Herbert had to make his first career start. Um, the games are just always, they're just always to me, they always just feel like so entertaining and so like weird. Um, I expect it to be high scoring. Probably I would say if I, I don't know exact score, but I would say that both teams probably, clear 20 points pretty easily and like it's two of the best quarterbacks in the league you expect some dynamic quarterback play and in the end I do think the Chargers are going to win I of the AFC West teams I would say the Chargers are the ones that the Chiefs have struggled with the most I mean they probably still have a winning record under Andy Reid and Mahomes against the Chargers but like I said I can't I can't ever remember the Raiders or the Broncos ever beating the Chiefs, really. And I do know that, like, at least the Chargers are going to keep it competitive. And especially after last week, they did not really play well. And they still beat a team that everyone is – at least we can acknowledge that we think is pretty good in the Raiders. So I'm I'm excited for this matchup. This is is a pretty good – like a pretty banger Thursday night matchup to start the season off. All right, I'll go to Luke here. What are we thinking for Thursday Night Football? I'm actually going to say it's going to be the opposite. It will be a more of a shutout than a close game because 
if you know me and my takes, I'm a big wide receiver guy. And star wide receiver Keenan Allen will not be playing in this game. So expect a big game from uh, second-year um, wide receiver out of Tennessee, Joshua Palmer. Uh, I was, I'm very high on him. Um, you know, but there's only so much you can do when you're trying to replace a, uh, a star like Keenan Allen. So I also expect Austin Eckler to get a lot of receiving yards in this game. Um, but, yeah, so – just seeing that Keenan Allen's out really makes me double down on uh, Pat's under for Justin Herbert. Um, and then the Chiefs are still going to be the Chiefs. Obviously, you know, they they don't have Tyreek Hill, but, like, we saw how they did last week, and they popped off. Um, big Juju fan, and uh, I think he's going to do well. And I think it's going to be very heavily, very heavily favored in the Chiefs' favor. Um, yeah. All right, pal, what do you got? Uh, I honestly, I hate to agree with Luke, but I mean, I, number one, the thing I'm most excited for, you want to know, is uh, I feel like Amazon Prime is going to have some like ridiculous stat cast. Prime stats. Yeah. (laughs) I'm beyond excited for that because I think that they're going to have something like super sick percentages. I really think, and that's (laughs) probably. That's what I'm most excited for for the game. Like that is literally going to be it. Um, so so yeah, uh, that's what I'm most excited for. But I think that it's going to be a Chiefs win. I think it's going to be a Chiefs win handily. Um, I'm not going to say that it's going to be like a blowout or a shutout by any means. Like I still think that both teams are going to score at least like three touchdowns. I could see the final score. Like I think it's going to be very similar to Chiefs Cardinals was last week, maybe with a little bit more offense for the chargers but i can't see much with keenan allen being out like i think eckler's gonna get a lot of rushing yards and stuff so i'm thinking like she's probably gonna get in the 40s and chargers probably gonna hover around the 20s maybe like 42 to 28 or something like that like it's gonna be one of those games i think that they the chargers are gonna score more than the cardinals did but not by much and then i think the chiefs are just gonna be rolling on offense i mean pat mahomes had five like touchdowns last week alone so uh it should be a rollover for the chiefs well i think this is going to be a test for the chiefs offense uh the cardinals did not put up any fight whatsoever and it very much seemed like once they were down 14 nothing that they just rolled over and let the chiefs have the game so i think the chargers defense is light years ahead of the cardinals defense so it should definitely be a challenge to mahomes uh We'll call last week a trial run for that offense, but this will maybe be the first big test without Tyree Kill. Um, I do expect the Chargers to be able to isolate Travis Kelsey and force Mahomes to spread the ball to Valdez Scaling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, and some of his backs. So it'll definitely be interesting. There's no shot Mahomes throws for five touchdowns, zero picks again this week. Um, But the over-under is set at 54.5 here, and I feel like this is an easy over. I very much feel like it's Thursday night football, and it's week two. These guys are tired. They're not really in football shape yet. So I feel like this is going to be very offensive heavy. Uh, the defenses are probably going to be a step behind just because, I mean, when you're out there clanging and banging for most of the game and you got to go out there and play a few days later, it's going to be a lot harder for you to recover than a wide receiver who's just running up and down the field. So definitely think that the over is more likely to hit here. Uh, Pat mentioned last week before the Bills-Rams game that Thursday night truly favors the home team more times than not. And so that's why I have the Chiefs winning this one. But as an AFC West fan, really rooting for a tie here. 
I mean, we got we got kind of crazy last this past week with the Colts, Texans, Bengals, Steelers nearly tied. So what the hell? Can we make it another one? I would absolutely love that. But uh, if I had to pick and for the final score, I'm probably going Chiefs 34, Chargers 30, and Mahomes gets the ball last and drives them downfield, sort of thing. But I think it'll be a really good game. I, there's a reason why they were picked to play this game to kick off Amazon Prime's coverage of Thursday Night Football. So definitely interested in watching this one, especially because I have a little more at stake. But I mean, two of the two of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL are going head to head, so it can't it's can't miss. And I'm really excited to watch this one. Also, one final thing, I just I was looking it up, and the Chargers have won three of their last four games in Arrowhead. So. That's just a weird – that's just a stat that you just, I would just like to put out there. Definitely interesting. But speaking about top quarterbacks, uh, so this week on Sunday Morning Slants, the guys and I are going to be going over our top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL today. So uh, I asked everybody before the pod to assemble their lists. For the most part, we don't really know where each other has these guys ranked at. So definitely be interested to see. So we're going to go in order. I'm going to go Pat, Ethan, Mason, Luke, myself. And should, should we um do like all of us do one and then we talk about it two, three? Yeah, I would say like we'll, we'll start with our number 10, go around. Okay. We'll talk about it. We pick guys too high, too low. Obviously, we can't sit here and break down every guy or this will be a three hour long podcast. But uh, just kind of giving like say your guy at their spot, why you think they're deserving of that spot. And then we'll go from there. So I'm going to go Pat, Ethan, Mason, Luke, then myself. It's got to round it about. And so I will start with Pat. Number 10 on your top 10 NFL quarterbacks list. Who you got? I have Davis Mills. That's <laughs> my number 10. <laughs> no. uh, I'm rounding it off nice with Davis oh, Mills. Okay. <laughs> all right. Am I, can I explain now or should I wait for you all to go over No, here? go ahead. I, I would love to hear this. Listen, yes. Davis Mills last week. <laughs> Against Indy, right, against the Colts, 240 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he he went 23 for 37, first game of the season. Obviously, they tied, but, like, I don't know. I'm feeling good about Davis Mills for some reason. I mean, his numbers his numbers last year were really good, actually. Like, two, two over 2,500 yards passing. He only threw an interception 2.5% of the time. Obviously, his record was not great, but he didn't have a lot to work with, I feel like. So, you know what? I'm pretty high on Davis Mills this year. I think it's going to be the Davis Mills era. Um, and he's already he's already up average 40, 40 more yards than he was last season and 10 in QBR. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm liking Davis Mills at number 10. Get I couldn't the think hell of anybody, out of here. I couldn't think of anybody else who deserved to be above Davis I'll say it. I'm not putting Baker Mayfield above Davis Mills. I don't even have it in top 15. Dude, I was Luke, when I was making this garbage. list, I couldn't even – he did not come to mind at all. I didn't take the Texans at all. one point. I have, like, what. I have three guys on the hump that I would easily take over Davis Mills. Yeah, when there, Davis there Mills, are so many guys I'm taking over. I'll tell you the names you when me? I get to my pick. When Holy Davis shit. Mills beats the Broncos next week, beats the brakes off of the Broncos – and I will week? literally put five hundred dollars on the line that the Broncos beat the Texans this week. I don't That's know, tough man. line, bro. 
don't know. Pat's right, got money to Pat's yeah. got money to put Let's on go. That. Pat's picks. Right. Put it on the line. <laughs> Just wait. Just you wait. I got Davis. Miller. I didn't hear him accept. Touchdowns. All right, Ethan. What do you got here? Number ten. Um, number ten was kind of difficult for me. Um, it came down between two guys, but I'm going to go with Derek Carr. I my original pick was Prescott, but because it's of like top 10 at this exact moment, Prescott, I can't really count him just because he's injured. So like top 10 playing quarterbacks right now, I probably put Derek Carr. Um, I liked him for a while. I, I feel like I like him more than a lot of people do. And for a franchise like the Raiders who have been pretty bad consistently for what feels like the last 20 something years, at least, He's really the only – he's at least over the last, like, eight or nine years. He's been the only constant, like, that moves this franchise forward. And I don't know. I think he gets he gets underrated because of the drama of the Raiders and because of, he's by far the least talented quarterback in his division. But if that's their fourth-best quarterback in the division, he could be, like, the number one-best quarterback in, like, at least two other divisions. All right. I, th- I mean, I think that's a fair ranking. Uh, like, I can't speak for myself to have Derek Carr in the top 10, but I think it's pretty close. All right, Mason, what do you got? All right. I don't know if this one's a little bit mild, but I had a couple guys on the hump. So at number 10, I have Kirk Cousins, and I'm usually a pretty big Kirk Cousins hater, but I think this for <laughs> me is like a little bit of projecting I think Justin Jefferson is going to make Kirk Cousins a top 10 quarterback in the NFL by the end of this year. Um, so the three guys I have on the hump that I like kind of debated, like this could be just be a toss round. I had Dak, but he just got hurt. So like, I kind of just took him out of it. Uh, Matt Stafford, but I don't like all the turnovers. So like he kind of got booted for me. And then Derek Carr, I think, I think um, Ethan kind of hit it. He kind of gets overshadowed in the AFC West. So those three guys, like, just got edged out for me. But I think, like, those four, like, the 10 to 15 range is, like, pretty arguable. But uh, I got Kirk Cousins at number 10. All right. Yeah, again, I think that's pretty fair. Especially, like, you're right, with Justin Jefferson this season. Like, there's there's a shot Kirk wins MVP this year. Not a good one. But if him and Justin Jefferson are just tantalizing defenses all year, there's a shot Kirk's numbers are good enough. But, uh, Luke, I'll hit you with number 10. Who do you got here? For me, I feel like there wasn't really – there's a real drop-off after 10. <clears throat> um, and for my 10, uh, I have Kyler Murray, actually. Um, people may think I might have him too low. Um, according to you, Matt, I have him just higher than what you rank him as. That is true, um, yeah. I don't have him top 10. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like he's got upside to be top five but he hasn't shown it. He hasn't played. And I feel like that could also go for the scheme that he is in. I'm um, not the biggest fan of it. Obviously it's like, a, it's a spread offense. And the, th- the thing about that is you got a shorter a quarterback on the shorter end. Um, I like his arm, but there's only so much you're going to be able to do. So many throws you're going to be able to make within, you know, not having the best line and, you know, all that. Uh, so I, I have Kyler Murray here at 10. Yeah, again, I think that's fair. I kind of think of Kyler Murray as Russell Wilson light in a way. Very much the shorter quarterback with a good arm, mobile. 
um, can win you some games, but can also lose you some games. Obviously, Kyler hasn't put together the resume like Russ has, but um, yeah, like like I don't have I have him at eleventh. If if I were to do if I were to keep going, Kyler's sitting at eleven for me, but he just couldn't really quite like crack the top ten. Uh, the guy I picked at tenth is Dak Prescott. I know he did just get hurt. Obviously, there's a little bit of an uncertainty of when he can come back. But if Dak is still able to play 12 games this season, I think he'll prove that he's still a top 10 quarterback. I think that being on the disaster that is the Dallas Cowboys, honestly, it probably hurts Dak's like uh, stock with a lot of people. But I mean, last like last season and the year before that, like their offense has been really good. It's been uh, other aspects of football that have really hurt the Cowboys especially with their coach. I mean, we all saw that playoff game last year where they decided to sprint for a, the first down and cost them the game. Um, so I think a lot of things go against Dak, but I think I would definitely take him over a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. And so I feel comfortable with putting him at uh, number 10. And then we'll hit uh, back to Pat with his ninth. Uh, number nine, I have a guy who... I think seriously underperformed this week, uh, but I think that he deserves to be in the top 10 because of his reputation. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I kind of did this list. I know you guys think Aaron Rodgers is probably too low, right? You, you think Aaron Rodgers is too low? <laughs> the guy just won back-to-back MVPs okay. and you have one spot over oh. Davis Mills? Listen, 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 listen. I did, this list, I did this list based off of performances so far in the year, which is why I have one game. What? Listen, listen. Just Rogers, put that in the top five. If you guys do that now, when you get to my number six overall, Jesus. Oh, my God. All right. God. Dude, All right. Aaron Rodgers right now, right now, Aaron Rodgers did not have a great game, you know? If he bounces back, yeah, he can end up in the top three on my <laughs> if he list. Back. Right? If he bounces back, right? <laughs> Tattoo Aaron. But right now, Aaron Rodgers, this week, based off what happened, he's the number nine, right above Davis Mills. Honestly, maybe Davis Mills should be higher than him because Davis Mills at least tied the game. All right, you know? Ethan, Ethan. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm done with this guy. All right, dude, no, no, no. Pat is literally our OG Wayne. <laughs> if, I'm just saying right now, if we get to number one and this motherfucker says Jalen Hurts, I'm deleting this footage and starting like a different podcast. I cannot believe that you have Aaron Rodgers one spot above Davis freaking Mills. Oh the four-time Davis MVP and a Super Bowl champion. You have him against – and more touchdowns. Please go before I blow up. All right. So my pick is probably controversial <laughs> no. somewhat, but it's not nearly as bad as Pat. I have Lamar Jackson at number nine, which is probably a spicy pick for some people. I don't know, but I know it definitely is for Luke. He's probably not even Luke's top 10, <laughs> <laughs> but um. I don't know. I like Lamar. He's different. Like he's different than any other quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think that he's bad. He can't, he's not great. He still is not, he's, he'll never be amazing at like intermediate passes and like that, like little short game stuff. But like, he is a good deep ball. He is, he throws a good deep ball. Like Marquise Brown always had highlights and I don't even, who was it? Uh, Davin, Davenport, Duvernay. How do you say his uh, name? Duvernay, yeah. Duvernay. And I mean, he had some nice he had some nice catches this weekend. I don't know. I just like I like the 
it, like if you're talking about like the most like mobile quarterbacks with like a pretty good arm, it's like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. But I would honestly, based off of like attitude and like track record, I would probably take Lamar Jackson. I mean, he does have an MVP. And I mean, the Ravens, I mean, last year they just were so injured and they just fell apart. But every year that Jackson has been a starter, they've been a consistent playoff team. So I, I, I think he's a top-tier quarterback in the, in the AFC at least. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment of Lamar Jackson. Definitely excited to hear what Luke has to say about Lamar or if he says anything at all. But, um, no, I think that's a fair comp. The dude's a former MVP. The Ravens are a perennial playoff team with him each year, and I think that's very fair. Mason, who do you have at number nine? Uh, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I mean, this one's a little weird for me. I also don't love Kyler. Honestly, like the bottom half of this top 10, I'm really not in love with. But like, I don't know. Like I looked at it and I was like, if I were given Kirk Cousins or Kyler Murray right now and I have Kirk at 10, I'd be like, I'd probably take Kyler Murray, just like raw athleticism. I mean, I think he can be really good as long as Cobb doesn't have a double XP weekend. He's probably coming out and lighting it up. So, so yeah, let's go Kyler Murray, number nine. All right, we're going to slide to Luke here. Who do you have at number nine? Here I got Russell Wilson. I mean, like like you said, he, Kyler Murray was uh, like light Russell Wilson. And, um, you know, Russell's... Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He's, he's not at his peak anymore, but he's not in his twilight. He's like, he's still going to be a top 10 quarterback for me. Um, he's still going to be a leader, still going to be that guy. And um, I, I got him at nine here. All right. Uh, this is the first time one of us has agreed so far. I agreed with Ethan. I have Lamar sitting at number nine. Um, dude's a former MVP. He's going to make the playoffs most years. I mean, last year was kind of an anomaly. But uh, while I think that there's guys that are better that I would take over Lamar, he's still a premier talent. He deserves a, a big contract this all season. The fact that he's playing without the deal, I honestly give him major props for going out there, kind of pulling an Aaron Judge, just saying, all right, watch this. So we'll see what kind of year Lamar has. And if he can go out there and play the best football he's ever played, he's going to get paid. So I'm uh, wishing him all the best in that regard. But I love, I thought Lamar was a very easy number nine for me. When I'm feeling this kind of yeah. out, Lamar was like a very easy, I'm comfortable with putting him in number nine. Just, he's better than Dak Prescott, but not as yeah. good as some of these other guys. So I have Lamar sitting right here at nine. And like, if the Ravens are end up in the AFC championship game, is like anyone going to be like, really surprised like i mean i don't they're not a popular pick to like really be a dangerous team in the afc this year because they didn't have a super flashy offseason like a lot of other teams did but i mean there's just there's something about the consistency of that organization especially with harbaugh and just everybody just like how they're built where you could i can just see them going far especially if jackson has another not MVP, even if he's like 90% of what he was his MVP year, the Ravens can go like 14 and three. 
Yeah, I think it's very fair. Uh, so we'll slide down to Pat with number eight. Who do you have? I'm scared to ask at number eight. <laughs> Daniel Jones. You know, I'm like I'm like looking at my list right now, and I'm realizing I'm forgetting some people that you guys are saying. <laughs> and uh, I was like just scrubbing through. I did Pat's pigs. I did all these things. Um, oh man, now it's really making me regret. I I originally had Russ in this spot at number eight. But I think that my true number eight now is Lamar Jackson. All right, well, I'll give you this. If you you want to, if you could, you could pencil well, I'm Lamar not in Davis it. out of my top 10, first off. <laughs> so you're going to move Aaron Rodgers out? He's not moving. So are you dropping Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers from your top 10 to keep Davis Mills? That's my question. If you want Lamar at number eight, I will be dropping Russ. <laughs> oh, uh, just oh see, wait, when davis mills when davis mills destroys russ <laughs> you will come crying to me uh anyway so now it's lamar jackson it was uh russ but russ can't get it done in the end zone so uh lamar jackson just a really <laughs> dynamic player um three touchdowns only one pick um you know i know luke has his whole lamar b one thing going on but i think that he's genuinely a good quarterback a good field general can move on his feet um and uh, i think he's just dynamic like i think he's the type of guy that when you're going up against him you have to scheme against him specifically in a very unique way in the same way you'd have to do against another mobile quarterback like um kyler murray or jalen hurts so uh or pat mahomes you know like i think you just have to scheme around him and i think that makes a good quarterback so um i'm gonna put lamar at eight all right uh ethan who do you have here number eight I'm not, I'm still not sure. <laughs> I'm really going between two guys and I, I think I'm going to have to go with, I think I might say Russ as well. Um, if it was any other, I love Russell Wilson. First of all, like as a quarterback, I think that he got a bad rap in Seattle, especially towards the end. And they decided to keep their crusty old head coach over like a Hall of Fame, probably when it's all said and done, like statistically top ten quarterback of all time. So, yeah, just not a good, still, just still not a great look for Seattle in my opinion. But um, if he was coming off a better, like a better season last year where he wasn't hurt, he'd probably be higher. Especially if he came off like a win in Week One, he'd probably be ahead of my number uh, of my number six pick, but or number seven. I forget what number one. Number eight. But number eight. Whatever. All right. But yeah, I like uh I like Wilson where where he's at. He needs to I think he'll he has the best potential to climb to the top by the end of the year for me. I think that's a very fair evaluation. And like I mean, unlike Pat, um Russ is a former Super Bowl champ. He had a great week one himself, not the team, but he did statistically, so it's a very fair evaluation. Mason, number eight, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go Russ here. Um, I mean, I had Kyler Murray before that, so I think Russ is just a better version of that. I think he's got a lot of good weapons uh, moving to Denver now. Uh, only reason he's this low is there. there is a little bit of, like, week one sour taste in my mouth, but I agree with Ethan. Like, I could definitely see him being a top five by the end of the year pretty easily. All right, Luke, who do you have coming in at number eight? Uh, I got somebody who's coming off a really bad game. Um, now, if if he had this bad of a game and he's somehow on Pat's list, it's going to be hilarious. 
considering how low Aaron Rodgers is, but it is Joe Burrow. Wow. Joe Burrow is a guy who um, now here's a guy. Now here's a guy who I'd like. You know, I, I'd say he's. I feel like everyone above him, I would much rather have as a starting quarterback this season. Um, and that's what I'm considering right now. I'm not thinking about the future or anything, but for this season alone, like he's a guy who I would, I don't know. I just like him right here and everyone else above him. I like more to be a starting quarterback in the league this season. There are so many guys that we haven't got to yet that I'm kind of perplexed that you would take them over Joe. Oh no, I know. I know. And that's, that's for a whole nother Thing. Yeah, I guess we'll get there, but um, I'm going to also agree with Mason and Ethan. I have Russell Wilson at number eight. I mean, this guy, like, like I've said repeatedly, Super Bowl champ, and he's never won an MVP, much less got an MVP vote. But I think that might change this year with the weapons that he has, and he has an offense that's going to be tailored around him. So it's up to him to whether or not he's going to excel or not, because he has nothing holding him back. So it's, it's, Russell Wilson is going to play for uh, he's going to play for that MVP that he's so true really wants to hold. We'll, we'll see if he even gets a vote. I think he'll get some, but I think Russ at number eight is a really solid slot. Then we will wrap back around the pat for number seven. Still terrified on what he's going to say here. <laughs> pat, what do you have? At number Pat, you're, you're our clickbait. You're how we get the views. <sighs> I'm okay with it because once these guys show out, yeah, the thing is, see. Pat is honest. Pat, <laughs> yeah, he's not doing this Pat just to do this. it. He, he <laughs> fully believes in what he's saying. I'm telling Pat you, I got more names on my list. Just you wait. Uh, number seven, I got Tom Brady, uh, who I believe is the greatest of all time. He is the goat. He always will be the goat. But I have Tom Brady number seven. You know, I just the other night it felt like it was field goal after field goal after field goal after field goal. Like I want to see that offense be able to finish. I want to see that offense score touchdowns. You know, obviously you trample over a Dallas Cowboys team, which felt amazing uh, to watch as an Eagles fan, but you know, like Tom Brady, he, he will always go out and be good. I don't think there's any debating that a 40, whatever year old Tom Brady still can't get it done. But uh, you know, I think he'll move up once I see the touchdown production go up and, once I see it click with the wider series more, but I got him at number seven, you know, he's always going to be a contender no matter where he is or what he does. So it's Tom Brady. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, Tom isn't as young as he used to be and there's clearly more. Oh, we the, know. Yeah. Uh, there's clearly more <laughs> off the field stuff. Yeah. 45. Cause they're going to break it into you the entire season, but I think it's fair for Tom. Obviously in years past, he'd be number one, two or three on every list, but yeah, I think it's starting to get to that point where he's sliding a little bit. Ethan, where are you going here? Um, this was like my hardest pick with like between finding a spot between him and Russell, but I'm gonna go with Matt Stafford. And the only reason that I picked it was in the end, I was just like he has just won the Super Bowl just more recently. So and he of course had a much better year than uh Wilson did last year. Um, I've always been a Stafford guy. I my he was my first I don't know if it's biased or not, but he was my first fantasy quarterback I ever had. And I've always kind of liked the, I've always kind of thought that he was overshadowed on the Lions just because it's kind of like the Derek Carr thing. Your franchise is so bad that everyone kind of forgets about how good you can be. Um, And I just, he's on, he's in LA now. So he's going to be on every primetime game. And now everyone gets to see that he can thread the needle and he can, and he can just, chuck a deep pass like the best of them so i think if like 
if this was last year, I don't even think Stafford's in the top 10, maybe even the top 12 even. But after after last year, and I know he has a lot – I know he gets a lot of interceptions, but that's kind of – you're kind of taking – I think that's just part of him. He just – you take the good with the with the bad, and the good with him is so much higher than the bad that I think it – that I – he ends up as a top seven quarterback in the NFL. All right. I mean, um, I think that's very fair. And I, I will, I'll say some stuff about Stafford later, but I think him winning that ring has really solidified him, his spot in the top 10 list. Mason, where are you going here? Uh, I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson at seven. Uh, this probably goes along with the Russell Wilson sour taste in my mouth after this week. Um, but I think Lamar deserves to be somewhere in the top 10. Um, and uh, I'll put him a little bit above Russ, and I'll talk about my next pick, why I think he kind of slides in nicely at number seven. All right, Luke, what do you have here? Here I also have the man, the myth, the legend, Frat Stafford. Um, I, the reason what I said about Joe Burrow is because I still think Matt Stafford is going to be a more complete quarterback uh, obviously, his arm is kind of just like injected with all of the drugs right now. But, um, you know, he had a better season than Joe Burrow last year, statistically. And you saw the uh, amount of guy, like just the people around uh, Joe Burrow. And um, I don't know, I just really appreciate who Matthew Stafford is, the grit that he has, um, and how, how he's just a leader for the uh, for the team. All right, I also have Matt Stafford at number seven. So uh, Ethan and I practically have the same list, minus our number yep. 10 guy. <laughs> so um, far, yeah. But Stafford, to me, is the modern-day Brett Favre. And had he not okay. been on the Detroit Lions for the first part of his career, I think a lot more people would be on that train with me. The guy's going to sling the rock, and it's going to result in a lot of scores and a lot of picks. I mean, he, he led the league in football – or he led football in interceptions last year. So, I mean, he's going to put his team in a position – where at any point he can strike or at any point he's going to turn the ball over. But you kind of take that when this guy is launching 300-yard games. I mean, he has given Cooper Cup and Megatron the two greatest seasons for a wide receiver ever. Like, there's a reason why his name is attached to those two guys. It's because he's a good quarterback, and he's finally on a team that could win. I know the Rams look really sloppy on Thursday night, but it's week one. They'll get there. They're coming off the Super Bowl. He's a little banged up. They have some new pieces. So I really like Stafford at number seven, just like you guys. And I think it's a very fair spot to put him, especially coming off his first ever Super Bowl title. Number six, Pat. Well, there's hardly any explanation needed for this number six. I don't think that I have to go into really any stats. Any, I don't have to look at really anything. Because it's such a no-brainer. The moment that I thought of constructing this list, I knew this guy was going to be in the top ten. I knew he, he knew was going to be number six. The top five. Knew he was going to be number six above Thomas Edward Patrick Brady or how junior. Uh, it's Geno Smith. Geno Smith, <laughs> guaranteed. I mean, Geno Smith <laughs> proves that he has the weapons. Dude, you can't be a real present. person. I'm not even kidding. I am not even kidding. I think that Geno Smith is going to have a really good year, and I think that people are super <laughs> underrating him. So I'm putting Geno Smith at number six after his performance against the Broncos. Hold on. I need to – hold on. All right. 
Hold on. I need to. So, so I'm, looking at, I'm looking at who Pat <laughs> still hasn't said. And I know Jalen Hurst is going to be in Pat's top five. So that means Pat's either booting like Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, like Joe Burrow. Uh, and who is Pat booting out of this top? Pat, five? can you name the teams that uh, Geno Smith has been on? Geno Smith has been on the Seahawks. He's been yes. on the Jets. Yeah. He's been on the. Cole? He was pretty. He nope. had a pretty historic. No, uh, he went. Uh, he was uh, on the Panthers. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> he was on the 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 somebody's. He was on some team. The somebody's. Broncos, maybe. He's on the Giants and the Chargers. There you go. He is. Those are the other two. Pro- probably. The and now he's going to win Gino a Super Smith, Bowl with the Hawks. Before last night, the thing to me that Geno Smith was most famous for was ending Eli Manning's consecutive start streak, and everybody absolutely losing their minds. And then Gino played so bad, they immediately benched him, and then played Eli the next week. Just you wait. Uh, uh, there's this, eight, there's this fancy option. If you guys listen on podcast platforms, you don't see the video, but we, we use Zoom when we record these. And there's this fancy little button I could click right here that says removed from <laughs> the meeting. This is blasphemous. This this is next. You like what do you got? Show right now. Uh, I can't. What did I leave? Who did I say last? Wilson? You said Stafford. Stafford. Okay. Um, I have Herbert. Uh, next. Um, wow. I mean, I don't know if that's high, low compared to other people. Um, I don't know. I just, I love him. I think he he has all. He's big. He's he moves like he's. Everyone knows he's got that sneaky athleticism. But um, I don't know. I, like I don't know that I don't know what there is to say about like Herbert that like people don't like. I feel like everybody knows that he's good, but like I can't have him higher than some of these other quarterbacks until he proves it for all like a whole season and like makes the playoffs. Like I think he deserves a lot of the credit that he gets, but it might there is a part that where I'm like, well, it's kind of overblown. He hasn't. He still hasn't gotten over that hump yet, and I know it's the Chargers or the Chargers, and they're gonna they're gonna do their thing. But I mean, he though he threw a couple games last year where he did not look stellar coming down the stretch, especially that Texans game. But all in all, he's put the he's put the resume together over his first even two seasons to just to comfortably say he's a top six quarterback in the NFL. And if the Chargers are like fourteen and three or something like that then like he'll definitely move up a little higher in this list too. He'll move he'll he'll move ahead of some people even by next year. I think he definitely will. All right. I think again a very fair assessment of Justin <laughs> Herbert. Uh Mason, number six, who you got? All right. So this is a situation uh, I talked about a few seconds ago of why I think he's justified here. I'm gonna go with uh Joe Burrow. And this is just a situation of uh, looking at, like, these quarterbacks. Who would I take right now? And comparing to AFC North quarterbacks, I think Joe Burrow edges out Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to slip him right in there. I don't think he can really – I mean, there could be arguments made, but I don't think above the top three who will probably all have, uh, like, young AFC quarterbacks or should be top five quarterbacks, I think, for most people. Maybe not Pat. Um, but I think Joe Burrow is like just like half a step below them, so I think he slides in nicely at number six. All right, I like that. 
Uh, going to Luke, who do you have here in your six? So here I have a controversial one that uh, everyone is going to – I'm going to shock the world with this one. Based on how I perceive this guy, um, it's going to be Lamar Jackson here. Wow. Um, I'm very proud of you. I just want to say that. I'm very proud of you for the growth that you're showing. As – I still don't think Lamar is the best accurate passer, but the dude can flick his wrist and the ball's going down the field 80 yards. And he's been, he's had that since college and he's really like like refined his his skills. Um you know, uh like I think he wouldn't have succeeded if he went anywhere else. Like I mean not wouldn't have succeeded, but it wouldn't have been the same just because of how good of a coach Harbaugh is and not even that just how he um just shaped the offense around Lamar Jackson I feel like it really shows his skills and um I feel like if Lamar gets wide receivers around him it'll make him a much better quarterback and much more of a passing quarterback than a running quarterback that he is right now I'm just shocked because you have Lamar ranked the highest out of all of us. And I know Pat's list doesn't actually count, but (laughs) it's just, it's the fact that like we all defend Lamar Jackson from your slander, which most weekends it's, it's hot. And it's just the fact that you have him ranked the highest out of all of us. Game game recognizes game. And, uh, what game are I'm, you? <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson has no idea. As an analytics guy, as an analytics guy. Dude, no, I like, think I have Luke calling Lamar a running back like hundred <laughs> times. That I more than that. Easily more than that. Easily more than that. But no, um, I don't know. I just think. Uh, I feel like uh, most of my hate towards him is because he is a Ravens quarterback and I'm a Steelers fan because like, dude, Lamar Jackson is one of the coolest guys. Like there's really not much to hate about him outside of him being a Ravens. You know what yeah. we should do is like a top a 10, to, no, like a top <laughs> you know. 10, like quarterbacks who'd want to invite to a barbecue. <laughs> That's yeah. next week's episode. Yeah. Davis Mills. Okay. Oh, all right. Right. Dude, I'm not bad at you. I'm not bad at you. Davis Winston's 100% making the list. Davis Winston is number one. He's number one for me. Oh, my God. Um, Guys that I wouldn't invite to the barbecue, but that I will have on my top 10 list is Tom Brady. Um, I have been an anti Tom Brady guy my entire life, but I mean, the guy has won seven Super Bowls and he's 45 years old and he's still slinging the rock. The he's Bucks never going to go away. He's, uh, I'm going to have kids by the time this dude retires. Like he's going to be 65 and my kids will be graduating high school and he'll still be playing for a team. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know what to expect out of Brady this year. He could have won the MVP last year. He had a really good season, but I don't know, just all the off the field stuff that's surrounding it. The shot, there's a shot that he might retire midseason. There's a shot Gronk might come back out of retirement for year three and help him along. So <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. But Brady at number six feels safe to me. It feels right. And to not have him on this list would just be an, a weird omission. So uh, Tom Brady, number six. Uh, we're now into the top five quarterback rankings. And I, um, Pat, give it to me, Pat. I got Justin Herbert, number five. 
Okay, okay. He's a solid quarterback. I think he's got solid upside. I think that just the solid. Chargers solid. organization is <laughs> just a solid all-around guy that you want to have on your team. Justin Herbert uh, is solid. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is uh, – Justin Herbert is stout. Uh, he's built nice. Girthy. On it. <laughs> oh, wow. Just like, just like uh, I, I feel like I'm the guy talking about Jalen Rager. He's stout. He's he's built well, you know. <laughs> if anybody saw that press conference, so uh, no, I just feel like Justin Herbert's a solid quarterback, you know. Sunday morning I, strips. <laughs> he he also probably makes my list of, of top ten quarterbacks. I'm inviting to a barbecue as well. Uh, I think Justin Justin Herbert. No, let's, not spoil, let's not spoil. Let's not spoil. Let's not spoil. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say that if Pat's ranking, if you're you, you need a visual aid or something here, he's got Geno Smith <laughs> in between Justin <laughs> Herbert and Tom Brady. <laughs> So um, Aaron Rodgers at nine, and he still hasn't listed Jalen Hurts, which I don't. I mean, I personally, he won't be on my list for the rest of this thing. So, and I know for a fact, Pat's dropping him in here. So I'm terrified as we continue this discourse. Ethan, number five, who do you have? Number five, I have um, contemporary of uh, Herbert, who a lot of people would like say is like one of like when you say like. It's like that. Like there's a very specific group of quarterbacks, especially in the AFC, and it goes Herbert and it goes Burrow is one of the other ones. And I mean, they're very, they're like, it's almost like a one A and a one B between those two guys for me. I think in the long run, I probably I think Herbert is just more physically gifted than Burrow is, and he's probably a little bit younger. But I mean, Burrow is just say what you want about the Bengals last like in the opening week, but like. He just refuses to lose no matter what. Like, no matter how bad he plays, he will have the Bengals in the game at the, like, in the fourth quarter. And they will have, as long as he's their quarterback, they'll have an opportunity to win a game. And I said he went to the Super Bowl in his first playoff appearance and only his second year starting. And Herbert, that's why I had to put that, that's why I had to put him over Herbert just, just by, just by a little bit. No, I think it's, I think it – I mean, like, in reality, Burrow was taken first, Herbert was taken sixth, and their draft class, the first quarterback versus the third quarterback. It's funny how we haven't mentioned Tua. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I got it. there's a reason the Bengals took him, not Herbert. So, I think Joe Burrow is a good pick there. Mason, who do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with Tom Brady at number five. I mean, he's the GOAT. He's got to be somewhere on this list. Um little concerning uh i saw a tweet that he did not show up for practice today due to personal reasons once again so he might end up retiring like you said but for now i have him at number five i mean the the bucks are doing a great job just supporting him we were talking last week about who's going to be the number two option behind mike evans and i completely forgot that julio jones existed and is now in the bucks and he made a couple of nice plays for him so like He's always got weapons around him, especially now with the Buccaneers. So I think he'll continue to perform at a high level. All right, Luke, who do you have here? Uh, here I'm putting Justin Herbert. I feel like Justin Herbert has just popped off and he just hasn't looked back. Um, granted, you know, it's the Chargers themselves have not been good. Um, like, obviously, they've been a good team, but they've been held back from coaching. And um, I feel like hopefully this year they can take a step forward. They really need to add another playmaker. Keenan Allen's getting up there with age, but, you know, he's still going to be a star. And Mike Williams, he's a deep threat, but there's only so much you can get from that. 
But he, I, I still like Mike Williams. He's a solid number two, but yeah. All right. Um, I'm going Aaron Rodgers here, number five. Got, uh, four-time MVP has won the last two MVPs. Um, Rodgers might be a little bit higher if he wasn't throwing to Division three college wide receivers at this point and <laughs> Randall Cobb, who's 38. So, I mean, his first – actually 38? I think he is, yeah. Um, the first <laughs> the first snap in the Packers-Vikings game offensively for Green Bay, Rodgers steps back and drops a dime into Christian Watson's hand who had completely cooked his defender and had a 75-yard touchdown waiting for him, and he dropped it. And I just think that until these rookie receivers kind of develop a little bit, or at the very least, like, they'll fizzle out. Like, by week five, Rodgers knows who he's going to throw to and who he doesn't want on the field. So we will see who what cream rises from the crop. But they the Packers just didn't replace Devontae Adams at all. Like, they let one of the best – I mean, arguably the best receiver in football go, and they didn't bring any like any veteran in to replace him. So I think Aaron's going to struggle a little bit in the beginning, but he's still going to put up great numbers. The Packers are still going to win double digits games, and that's why I have him at number five. Quick aside, Randall Cobb is the oldest 32-year-old wide receiver. No shot, he's 32. No. Has ever seen. He is oh. August 22nd, 1990. This man was born in the 90s. I disagree. That's that's cap. Jeez. Uh, uh, okay, we're entering into the number four slot. I'm nervous still, Pat, for who? Number four on. spot. Number four. I got Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Kirk, baby. No way. Dude, Kirk how? Cousins, baby. How? How did this dude uh, win $600? Listen, I will be honest with you. I think Kirk <laughs> just has just has weapons around him, so I think that's going to land it. Like, I think Justin Jefferson, we were talking about earlier, lands him in the top 10 every single time. I think, you know, uh, if he starts getting it going with some of his other receivers, Dalvin Cook starts moving, you know, Kirk Cousins ends up in the top four. I don't – I honestly, like, I look at this list and I wonder why I put Kirk Cousins so high, but I'm – like, I can't – I if can't you're wondering back about your own what you I'm you telling you, bro. I finished Pat's picks at 9:28. We started at 9:30, so I put this list together in like one minute, two minutes, whatever. It wasn't uh, like this was a last-second add-on. Like it was not. But I watched Netflix <laughs> all day. So, um, uh, so Kirk Cousins is my number four. Gonna have a breakout year, but we'll lose this week to the Philadelphia Eagles. I changed my list like three times. <laughs> while you guys have been talking. So like, you can definitely I'm, change it if you wanted to. The moment Davis Mills was number 10, I had no leeway. Okay, okay. Fine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ethan, Because uh, speaking of your reconfigured list, number four, yes. where are you going? Um, I'm going with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's not really much else to say. I mean, is there, like, is there realistically a world where we think that like Aaron Rodgers is not going to like play well this season? And, like, the Packers, like, even if Aaron Rodgers plays well, that doesn't mean the Packers are going to play well. Because, like, they've had years in the past where he's played, and they have just not been good. But I think he has the pedigree. Like you said, back, he's the reigning back-to-back MVP. And he's at the point in his career where it's just he, I, he gets the respect until he doesn't anymore. Until he proves to everybody that he's not a top four quarterback then I can't boot I can't move him down and one game is one game against the against the uh, Vikings is not going to do that for me because I know he's he's had bad games in the past like last year 
in the uh, opener against the Saints. He threw two picks. I think he ended up only throwing three picks for the rest of the year. So it's he's still he's still a rod at like at this point. All right, Mason, number four. Who do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go with Justin Herbert here. I just think he's insanely talented, huge arm, uh, lots of nice weapons around him. So, I mean, he was, he was great last year. A lot of people even last year had him in like, or early on, I would say like projecting to be in the MVP discussion. Uh, I think he fell a little bit short of that, but like he could be in there this year, honestly, pretty easily if he has a nice year. Um, uh, I just like to comment. I think it's really interesting how this list is shaping up considering like Ethan, is the biggest Justin Herbert uh, supporter and he has him <laughs> lowest. And Luke is also the least supportive of Lamar Jackson and has him the highest. So it's really interesting how it's shaping out here. But yeah, I'll go with uh, Justin Herbert at number four. All right. Going to Luke. Who do you have here? Here I'm going with the uh, back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers. Even though, you know, he's throwing to uh, a flag football team right now. Um you know, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still going to do what he does to win games. Um, you know, his wide receivers are going to be the only thing that's going to hold him back. It's not going to be his age. Uh, yeah. All right. And then for me, for number four, it's the beginning of the youth movement. I have Joe Burrow here. Um, mm. I love me some Joe Burr. I've, ever since I watched him play at LSU, I, I was hooked. I absolutely love this guy. Um, I just love the way he plays the game. Like, there's never a moment that's too big for the guy. He's always calm, collected, and I just love watching him play. He could have been a little higher on this list because I mean, he went to the Super Bowl last year. Um, but for me, it comes down to when I'm I was doing this list, and the guys that I have in front of Joe Burrow are just so insanely talented that it was hard for me to put him above some other guys. But uh, I think he's a, should be a top five in everybody's list, Pat. And I, I really like Joe Burrow here at the number four slot. So I'm going with Joe Burr. And then moving yeah. into the number three. Of course, I would pick the guy that threw four picks to the Steelers the other day in my top ten. Uh, I think he's overrated. But anyway, uh, my number three is the goat of all goats, Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jesus. Thank God you Jalen said it now. Hurts. Yeah, well, I thought about swapping it up and waiting until one, but I thought, you know, I got to add some credibility in. Uh, you know, I got to I gotta develop a legit list here. Uh, Jalen Hurts is my number three. I think oh, yeah, that he's going to take off and catch fire this year. Uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously didn't look great towards the end of the Lions game, but I think that that was a lot in terms of, like, defense too. Uh, but I think once Jalen Hurts gets a hold of it, him and A.J. Brown are just going to be money uh, all year, I'm hoping. Uh, so it was really nice to see that. And I think just his mobility, like, I frankly think that he might be a better mobile quarterback than like a Lamar Jackson at this point. I think that he just moves and finds, finds holes and really good when the pocket breaks down. So I'm picking Jalen Harris number three, you know, he's going to be super Bowl MVP this year. No big deal. But, uh, anyhow, that's, that's number three. Oh my God. Ethan, the voice of reason, number three. Yes. Um, Tom Brady. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. It's like until proven otherwise, it's he kind of just gets this spot by default. Like in my entire life, if Tom Brady's not in your top three quarterbacks, then there's something wrong with your list. And he's 45 now. Like he is getting older, and I mean it's a little more acceptable now. But like if he's not in like that top, like like that, that top, I mean 
Seven even is still kind of stretching it, Pat. I think that's how low you had him, right? Somewhere there. Yes, yeah, Pat I had, him, yeah, seven, seven, I had him seventh, Geno Smith sixth. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, Our like, real goat. So, it's like, and he just has to be top five and above. Like, he is the best quarterback of all time. The fact that he's still the, like, a way above average league starter in his age 45 season, and I know everyone is so tired of hearing about how old this man is, but, like, it is true, and it is still pretty remarkable. And, I mean, I mean, everybody, everybody knows everything about Tom Brady already. So, like, I'm not really – I'm not really saying anything new. All right. And then we're going to slide to Mason, number three. Uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, like everyone's talked about, back-to-back MVPs. He's throwing to, like, peewee football players right now, the talent that he's got. But uh, until he has, like, five bad games in a row, my view on him is not going to change. So I'll slide him in at number three. All right. Moving to Luke, number three. Here I'm with Ethan. Uh and I have Tom Brady. I just feel like if I'm starting a league, like a team right now, I'm going to want Tom Brady. I'm going to want a guy who's going to be able to lead my team. <laughs> for um, a year. Or, you know, yeah, just for like a year. Like I'm not uh, – like Tom Brady is going to be a guy who is only going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games. And the wide receiver core that he has around him right now is set for that. And, you know, I just feel like Tom Brady is going to be that guy and he's going to he, – especially because he's considering this to be his last season, he's going to definitely want to ride out on a good note. All right. Uh, for me, number three is Justin Herbert. Uh, I put him just ahead of Joe Burrow just because he's so insanely talented. And it, it sucks because I really wanted Herbert. And I thought a year before – I thought – he would have got elected for the draft the year before he did. And when he didn't, the Broncos <laughs> fell through lock in the second round. I really wanted Herbert. And then when he went the next year to the Chargers, that really crushed me because I knew how talented he was and how good he was going to be in the NFL. Um, if he wasn't on the Chargers, he probably would have had made the playoffs the last two years. And he maybe would have made a run for the Super Bowl by now because he's just that good. But the fact that the Chargers are – in my in my view, kind of like the Cowboys, they're just an accident waiting to happen. They will always find a way to crumble because that's what the Chargers do. And they are the Rams' little brother at this point in Los Angeles. But Herbert's a star, and he's going to keep the Chargers relevant, and he's going to have them fighting for an AFC West crown. So we shall see. Um, but that's my number three. And I have a feeling that for the most, of a, most part, everybody has just a parody. Like, there's two guys left. And it's whether or not we like yeah. one or the other more. Unless it's Pat. Unless, Unless it's Pat. Pat, because I don't, I have no idea what he's got. He might go Daniel Jones, Mr. Trubisky here. Um, <laughs> How did you know? But Pat, your number two quarterback in the NFL today, please don't make me turn off the Zoom. It is Josh Allen. I have Josh Allen there. I think that he's the undisputed two. I think that there is an undisputed one, even though I am not a particular fan of the number one, but uh, Josh Allen, I, I don't think any explanation is needed. He's just electric on fire, et cetera, whatever you choose. Almost Geno Smith-esque in his play. Shade, <laughs> shades of Geno. Josh Allen. All right, Ethan, you're number two. Um, I also have Josh Allen. Like, anybody who can – like, he doesn't – when he throws the ball, it doesn't even look like he's trying. Like, he can just stand in the pocket for, like, 10 seconds – 
And then he's like, where's Diggs? Where's Diggs? Where's Diggs? He finds – and then once he finally finds Diggs, all he has to do is just – and then it's 70 yards down the field. It is insane. He is the freakiest, like, from, like, pure just, like, athleticism, like, just built as, like, a like a human. He is the most, like, physically just crazy quarterback in the NFL. He literally, like – the last time that we saw quarterbacks like him stiff-arming guys in the running game was Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, like, was a far better runner than he was a passer. I guess we – I feel like we can all probably agree on that. Yeah. And, like, Josh Allen is the opposite. He's so good at running that he's, like, stiff-arm and, like, running people over. But he's just as good, if not – I mean, he's better at even – being a passer and it seems like that shouldn't even be fair like it's just like a cheat code all right mason who do you have here uh i'm gonna go with pat mahomes um uh, i mean like everybody's saying you can go either way it's kind of just based on preference i kind of just like josh allen more like a little bit um but um yeah I, i also hate to agree with luke's wide receiver take but I think if we're looking at like the weapons that are around them this year, Pat Mahomes took like a half step back. So, I mean, you could go either way, but I'm going to go with Pat Mahomes too. All right, Luke, number two, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm right here with Mason. Um, this one was a really tough one for me. I actually almost put Josh Allen in this spot, but um, everyone knows I'm a Josh Allen truther. And I don't know, just, yeah, I guess it's just the wide receivers around Pat Mahomes at the moment. Cause if he still had Tyreek Hill, um, like, I probably would have ended up putting him one, but, uh, yeah. All right. It's interesting what you're saying about the wide receivers because I feel like at this, like, this stage in the list, I feel like unless you're Aaron Rodgers throwing two Division three wide receivers, that these guys are so talented that they can overcome well, regardless. Yeah, but also, like, Josh Allen just has those physical traits that Pat Mahomes doesn't. Like, like yeah, I know Pat Mahomes can just flick the ball, like, and not look, but – if you could just like step up in the pocket and just like stiff arm a guy and then throw the ball, like without even trying, like uh, that, that's just what gives uh, Josh Allen that advantage to me as well. I think it's also the fact that they're just so close that like you need to find something yeah. to pick at. Yeah, I can see that. I have Josh Allen at number two. Um, I, I mean, this dude's a freaking beast and it's just the fact that he went his first couple seasons and he really looked like he was borderline gonna get shipped out or become a backup in this league and then he just took such a unique like like he just went straight up the charts in terms of his talent his like his accuracy like his game recognition is the josh allen path in the nfl is unlike anything we've ever seen before and i think you have to credit some of the just raw natural talent that he has um but at the end of the day Watching last year's Bills Chiefs game, you could say that if Josh Allen got the ball again, he would have driven downfield and scored. But I uh, will get to my, I mean, well, I guess I could just pat Mahomes my number one at this point. I mean, and I think the difference is when it comes down to it, Mahomes is just more accomplished at this point. He's won a Super Bowl, he's been like five straight NFC or AFC championship games, I believe. Um, it, it, the dude is he's just that guy, and until somebody knocks him off the top of the hill. I think Pat Mahomes is number one. Uh, Pat, number one, who do you got? I got Pat Mahomes too. He's just a freak of nature. You know, like if I, I don't know, I've, I've 
I have been a Pat Mahomes hater since day one, I feel like. I, I don't know why, I just have. Um, but, you know, I, I would say he's certainly proved me wrong because every time I root against him in playoff games, he seems to win. So, um, you know, it, it hurt me taking even taking the Chiefs money line. For some reason, I just don't love Pat Mahomes, probably because he is a winner and he is accomplished and he is just a freak of nature. And I wish we had him in Philadelphia, but we got Jalen Hurts, so I think it's great. <laughs> So, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes, definitely number one. Uh, Josh Allen, really close second. Geno Smith, really close sixth. Davis Mills, really close sixth. So, you know. All right. Well, really Pat's done talking tonight. <laughs> uh, so, Ethan, tell us why you have Pat Mahomes at number one. Uh, Pat Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And that's my answer. <laughs> right. uh, does it like, is there anything else I need? Like, again, with Tom Brady, everybody knows. Everybody knows you can. He can throw no lookers and he can scramble for 20 seconds and then throw a no looker to Travis Kelsey, who's somehow wide open in the back of the end zone. Like everybody just knows what he can do. And it has there ever been a quarterback more accomplished in his first four years as a starter? Because if there is, there's not very many. Yeah. And then, I mean, uh, Luke, Kim- Luke and uh, Mason, you guys kind of gave your thoughts on why you have Allen over Mahomes and stuff like that. So I think that will conclude this week's episode of Sunday Morning Slants. We went over Monday Night Football. We went over Thursday Night Football. Pat's got you set up with his picks for Thursday night between the Chiefs and the Chargers, which a lot of us have a battle of our number one and our number two against another top five quarterback. So it should definitely be interesting to see. Um, Thank you all for listening. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. Follow us all on Twitter. And if you could do me a favor and give this podcast a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast at, or a subscription on YouTube, it would go a long way in helping us gain a new audience. So thank you all for listening, and have a good one.